Hey, welcome to the Bearded Lazy. I'm Joel. He's Bran. And today we are going to talk about some of our favorite things and some of our least favorite things about those favorite things. In this episode, we're going to tackle some of our interesting games lately, which have included the new Overwatch event, Uprising, and a recently released into early access Player shooter. Unknowns Battlegrounds. Hell yeah. Beyond that, we find out that we're a little late to the party on. I was late to party on Grimes, wonderful um, electronic pop musician. And what were you late to the party on, Brand? I ended up being late to the party on an awesome podcast that's called Welcome to Night Vale. So if you give us a little listen beyond this, you're going to find out how we feel about all of those things. Wu-Tang is for the children. Truth. We're pretty fucking games from time to time. We're pretty games. Yeah. I'm real games, but I'm real bad at games at the same time. Yeah. That's maybe one of my favorite things about being so games is that we're so games that we can't be good at a game. Ugh. <laughs> There's so many games. I'm so bad. The only game I'm, like, good at, I'm not good at because there's so many great people at it, and it's, it's Counter-Strike Go. Yeah. Which I'm I'm pretty fair at, okay? I, I can troll a little bit when I play that, but I can't play competitive. Well, when was the last time you played it, though? That's important. Uh, maybe, like, two months ago? Okay. Yeah. So pretty recent then. Yeah, I, I was won like four or five gun games in a row. Mm -hmm. I know that's not the real CS:GO, but. But isn't that like one of the? You were telling me gun game is one of the more difficult modes anyway because you're kind of stuck sometimes with a shit gun, or like you're at a point where you just have to do knife kills, and like that's kind of hard. Like that, you learn gimmicks. Easy. You learn gimmicks. It's hard because yeah. you don't use those guns constantly, or you don't try to get a knife kill. Like, when's the last time you were playing a game like that and you said, okay, I'm going to knife kill without being an asshole? Like, fucking never. Yeah. Right. So, but if you play gun game a lot, mm -hmm. that shit's not as infrequent anymore. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you develop the skill with that. Does gun game have grenades in it? Yeah. <laughs> you have to get grenades. Yeah. That's so fucking nuts. You know, the, the splash damage on the grenade, you don't always get a one hit kill. And you only get one grenade. Oh my god, what the fuck? What do you do? So you just wait till somebody's shooting someone else and then you fucking steal the kill. <laughs> Jesus, that must have caused so much rage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I'm on the mic, hot dogging. Uh-huh. Because it's me. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm that guy. Um, <laughs> you know, never never berating anyone, but, like, I'll, I'll highlight your mistake. Yeah. You'll call it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you see it. He calls it like I sees it. Right. It's a new character I'm working on. He calls things like he sees them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see the, uh, the, the, uh, Development. It's that pretty character. much the development. That's it. It's a one-dimensional character, <laughs> yeah. really. It's pretty much Paper Mario. It's two-dimensional. <laughs> but without the cute hat. See, see how we did that. We went back to games. That's, life is uh, cyclical. I like that. Yeah, came brought it all back. Paper Meta. Mario. So but you were okay. So you were like, I play CS:GO. I'm okay at it. And that's it. That's where the list stops. And that's where you. You're yeah. just, I can't. I, I can't can, advance. I can win Minesweeper. I can't even win Minesweepers. You got me. You got to read the strats, bro. You got to you gotta work up on your strats and your macros. Oh, really? No. Should I fucking look up the YouTube videos on all the best Minesweeper? Bro, I what? bet there are some Minesweeper YouTube videos I'm out sure there. I'm sure there's Minesweeper YouTube videos. I wonder videos. if there's tutorials. I wonder if there's shitty voiceover tutorials for Minesweeper. For like, from like Windows 95? All right, next episode we're going to have a collection of Minesweeper video <laughs> tutorials. And I promise it's like Rule 35 if you don't... If you can't find it, you have to create it. Oh, my God. So I'll make one if we don't find any. So no matter what, there will be some. Yeah, yeah, it exists now. Yeah, it will exist. I've spoken into being. It does. Yeah. Or you've spoken into being. <laughs> Shit. Oh, CSGO. That must translate, though, well to, 
like other FPS games, like because we just played Overwatch Uprising, and so you at least must have some like, f like sense of like you know flick wrist mechanics that you that you feel comfortable with. Whereas like I'm not as I'm not as FPS oriented. Yeah. So I just am lost when I'm trying to do that shit. I have so I think it's just being in the first person. It it allows you to be more comfortable in that, mm -hmm. but. All games are different with the way the character moves and the reporting of hitboxes, like you were talking about when we were playing. You were talking about the two different types of... Oh, yeah, hit scan hit, versus tracing? Yes. Yeah. So, hit scan is what Counter-Strike is. Mm -hmm. Where scanning is what Overwatch is. Mm -hmm. So, they're very different. Hit So... The one is you point your cursor at the character, you press the trigger, and it, it hits them if they're still in that. Yeah. When, when, yeah, when, you, when is, you press the button. As you click, yes. it's a hit, right? So, and then tracing is you have to lead a little bit. Yeah, because... Your bullet has an actual trajectory. Exactly. It has its own physics. Yeah. It's, it's its own thing. And that's not... There's some of that in, like, Counter-Strike... I don't know how it has to be a single reporting method, but I feel like when you're sniping in Counter Strike, you need a lead. Mm -hmm. But it may just be because the click is delayed, or I'm not sure. But they're very different styles of aiming, so it hasn't prepared me as much as you would think. Like, hmm. For all that to say, this right, I'm not as well suited to be good at this as I, you would think. Well, and how we learned that because <laughs> I'm right? terrible at games. I mean, I mean, both of us though. Like we learned over the last couple of weeks that we are not very good at being able to fucking manage like that kind of first-person environment where we have to like where there's multiple targets and you're having to like focus something and you're also like working with a team. Like the whole thing just turns into a clusterfuck when you're not when you're not coordinated and practiced and like oriented. The coordination is the, I think, where we're breaking down. We're playing our characters well enough, Yeah. but we don't communicate with the other members of the party. No, that's true. We refuse, honestly. To yeah, know. we don't with these chuckleheads. Um, <laughs> right, right. So I think that if we communicated our expectations better to the people playing these other characters, yeah. maybe it would go a little better, but we were, we're going to touch on... Overwatch specifically, right. this new event, Uprising, yeah. new event. It's it's over now. Yeah. Today it's May, today. Day. it's May Day. It's May Day, so it's over. Everyone's um, writing about how the Overwatch event is over. Not that's really. What that's about today. Not really. Nope, not really. Because I sat in matchmaking for a while. <laughs> Clearly, wasn't that popular, so no one's writing because it's over. <laughs> that's true. At people, least at this point. Yeah, people were probably over it before it was over. I was surprised real. to see how short of a time it was around. But then, you know, sitting in matchmaking made me realize that it's a shorter attention span for this kind of thing anymore. The yeah. real Overwatch players don't care about PvE. No. I mean, that was only to satisfy, I think, a select part of the audience that had been kind of vying for it. And I think mostly it was console folk. That makes sense. I think a lot of console folk were really interested in having, like, a group PvE game mode to satisfy the ability to sit together over, you know, uh, over console LAN or over, like, console Wi-Fi and fucking... Do it. Poor console peasants. Poor console plebs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you have any oats for me, brother? Yeah, Blizzard, even though, is is not not pandering to the console pe not pandering to their console players as much as as I would have thought, because they've announced very specifically that they have no interest in 
um, running a PTR for their consoles. So anything that they anything that they do, change, make, whatever, they do it on PC, and then they adapt it to console. If it doesn't really work, fuck you. You well, just have yeah, to deal with it. Because any, any degree of shift towards console would alienate their fan base for the past 20 years. Yeah. Because they, they're fucking, like, massive PC. It's, they are not willing to, to budge on that. Right. And they very much believe, I think, you know, I'm speaking for a whole group of people today. <laughs> an entire corporation? Yeah, I, no, I was talking about the fans. Oh, the fans. <laughs> Even okay. bigger. Yeah. I, I, I think that there's a very much PC Master Race type feel for a lot of Blizzard people. Mm-hmm. You know? I think it's fair to assume. Yeah, with, with the history, yeah. and that it's, it's an, like almost an entirely PC company. If not, I think exclusively. Diablo 2. Diablo and Diablo 2 made it to console. Counter-Strike made it to Xbox. What? Yep. How weird is that shit? It was terrible. I'll bet, man. You can't even do that shit with joysticks. That's back when right. I had a 1.6 server. Oh, my God. 24-7. What's the name of it? Assault. How, how could I forget the name of the only map I played? <laughs> 1.6, 24-7 Assault. Shout out to my boy, Kid Sparkle. He and his oh his clan made the... Um, which, I hate saying the word clan, unless I'm talking about some old Scots. Right. Um, <laughs> but he and his clan made this whole... Um, it was the Karma clan. Uh-huh. And he made this whole skin for the whole map skins for all the players and Holy new shit. guns and so we played the karma assault was the name of the server karma assault oh my god and um I love that. We, we even modded the counter-strike 1.6 to when you fired up counter-strike it played karma police by radiohead <laughs> while you were loading into stuff and that was pretty advanced back then he worked hard on that yeah kid sparkle like shout out to my boy Yo, Kid Sparkle, good on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still playing Team Fortress Classic. I see him on my Steam from time to time. Holy shit, yeah. Classic. Classic. Not even, two? Not even double. Wow. With that's hats. Nuts. There's no hats in Classic. Right. Why, why would you play it? Oh, no hats, no thanks. I'll go back to Team Fortress 2. <laughs> I don't want to play Overwatch. I want hats. I want hats, yo. Overwatch. Blizzard, get on it. Get us hats. We need so many. Oh. No, I don't care. <laughs> the only hat I ever cared to get and got was not a hat. It was what the was it? white OSX earbuds. Oh my so, God. If, so there was a certain time if you logged on to Team Fortress 2 from a Mac, mm-hmm. it dropped it to your Steam account. So I didn't even own a Mac at the time. But I went to my friend's house who had a MacBook Pro, the old Unibodies, <laughs> and um, logged in, got that, logged off, didn't even play around. Oh, my God. And then trolled people for the rest of my time playing TF2 with the earbuds in. Uh-huh. That's ridiculous. The only hat that I think I got in TF2 was the Halo. I got the Halo. I had that too. Cheater's Lament. Yeah, the Cheater's Lament Halo. Why do I remember that name? I don't know. I, just, I don't even remember what it, how you got it. I don't know how you I just, got you it. You never were caught cheating or um, idling. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. So, that's it. That's fine. And that makes sense because I never was. So. Yeah, I never idled either. It's, I've never been like an achievement whore. Yeah, I never really cared. So, I guess it makes sense. But I didn't even... It's also the one thing... The Cheater's Lament Halo is like the one thing I can't sell on the Steam Marketplace, so I still have it in my fucking really? account, but I can't get rid of it and I don't care about it. So. I traded the earbuds for the newest Max Payne game, the one where he was in Brazil. What? You yeah. traded those for a whole game? Yeah, and I felt <laughs> like a sucker after because I, I looked up how much they were going for, and they were going for more than $100. Oh, no way. Yeah, they so were, you did get stiffed. I got stiffed, but whatever. I had the game I wanted. I really, that was a great game, that Max game. 
Rockstar did a great, great job on that. Really? Yeah. I never played a single game in the Max Payne series. If there's one to play, this is it. The, you know, they, they were the ones that that pioneered that whole slow motion in games, bullet time. It's before the Prince of Persia, before all that. Yeah. That was good, man. It's real good. Was that a, like an older Rockstar title? Like yeah. they had only done a couple of GTAs on, or something at that it was point? Like PS1, PS2, I think. Oh, shit, okay. Yeah, it goes way back. Yeah. Fuck, that's a while ago. It's been a minute. It was like real edgy that he used painkillers mm-hmm. to rebuild his health. That was like controversial. Oh, yeah, that was controversial. It was a big deal. <laughs> oh, Jesus, that's so standard now. Mm-hmm. That's so standard. That's now. just how I live my life. What do you mean? <laughs> right. I, 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 yeah, I meant I meant that in real life too. Pills here. <laughs> so the Overwatch Uprising event, though. Yeah, back to what was, we were talking was, about. Yeah, was just was just completed and. Okay, we were talking about communication and how terrible we are, apparently, at it with our teams. So let's start a podcast. But if we're, naturally, that's where we went <laughs> with it. If you want to hear what we want to do in Overwatch, you need to be listening to this. This is all the tips and tricks for how to be in a team with us on Overwatch. Come to the healer. That's when Reinhardt oh when Reinhardt pulls up his shield, stand behind it. Right. Okay, Torbjorn, put your fucking turret on the point. Yeah. Or, or I'm sorry, on the payload. Yeah. Drop armor every now and then, and Tracer, don't be a dick. There you go. That's the end of it, absolutely. And that was what was so funny to me, is like, we, so we were playing tank heals. We were playing Reinhardt, and I was playing Mercy, like, almost exclusively, except for the nope. moments where we couldn't get those characters. No Hanzo faster. mains. No Hanzo mains here. Nah, we're not into it. But what we couldn't do, see, like, I think if you're playing tank and heals, your, your comms are in your actions. There wasn't a requirement for us to get on team chat, because... We're running the fucking show, dude. Yeah. You stand behind the tank and you stay near the healer. That's your comms. You don't need more than that. But people seemed not to know how to deal with that when we were pulling off our our roles pretty effectively. Yeah. People still were just fucking around. And I, I wasn't, for the life of me, I wasn't able to, I mean, you were there. You know how salty I got. Man. I couldn't wrap my brain around how people just would continually run out their tracer fucking fucking would teleport all Fastest the way, player in the game. Fastest player in the game. All the way across the map. And couldn't come back in time for me to heal. Expected me to run into a bunch of Omnics to what, fucking heal her. What do you mean you can't follow me across the map and, and predict where I'm going to fucking teleport to? Oh my god, I know. And the, the teleport would drop my beam. So I'm like, look, now I have to find you. And you teleported because you were out of health. So now I have to figure out where you are. You're going to lose more health. And Jesus, I oh, can't you. Oh, you just dragged me into some bullshit. Right. So now I'm dying. Yeah. Yeah, and... and Mercy, like, I can't, she only has 200 Sponge. points, and she, yeah, and on the harder uprising modes, like, the bots know to target the healer, yeah. so if we played Beyond Normal, I would just be a bullet sponge, and be trying to just figure out all the right places to hide and shit, while needing to chase around these idiot DPS with this staff. Oh, look at this Fucking staff. God, it was a nightmare. Does it have a snake on the end of it? I wish. <laughs> it would look so cool. I did, though, at the end of that whole thing, get, um... Mercy's imp skin, which Ooh. looks awesome. It's like a black and white devil suit. She's like a devil's tail and some horns and shit. You mean like an imp? Yeah, like an imp. It was <laughs> awesome. I love it. I loved it. But I also did not get. We talked about this. I thought she was. That was the one event skin that I didn't get. Was yeah. Mercy's Overwatch Uprising I, event skin? I've never played Mercy, and it dropped for me. I know you got the one skin I needed. And, and the I one I don't give a shit about. Uh, so I wanted that Reinhardt skin. That was a pretty sick skin. It looks pretty good. It's decidedly less 
German nationalist yeah, and yeah, some yeah. other skins. I'm uncomfortable playing Reinhardt sometimes. <laughs> it's a little not, uncomfortable. I don't want to support this. I felt but the Mercy, Mercy, yeah, blonde hair, blue eyes, Aryan. Come Speaking on. Speaking in German a lot of the time. Uh, you're like, whoa, what's she saying? What is she saying? Yeah, what's she spousing? Do I need to mute this? It was pretty nuts. Triggered. What were some of the ways that we felt good about that, though? Like, what were some of the positive... Because I thought, so... No, no, no. I got one more gripe. Oh, go, go. Gripe, gripe. Gripe, one more. And this is too big to ignore. Okay. How... One more time. How... <laughs> this Torborn... Torborn... Uh-huh. Torborn. There uh -huh. we go. Torborn. He's so fucked up. They play so fucked up, I can't even say the name right, because they can't play right. Mm -hmm. Why do they always pop their ult in between... Spawns oh, in between right. waves. Yeah, that's like every time we played with somebody, even if they seem to be a half decent tour player, they pop their ult at the most inopportune moment. Yeah, you would be hearing the voiceover of whatever one of the strike leaders. Yeah. So it's you know it's in between waves because you got the little narrative going on, and you hear molten core, and you're like nothing is happening. Oh. Why would you do that? It's I mean it's just a complete and utter waste and that's a good ult when we're in the thick of it yeah that can make the difference yeah nope well it could but it won't no, because we just we just just blew it on nothing <laughs> you blew it you blew it that's torb it. Ugh. that's yeah, it that's, that's all i'm going to talk about the negative good, right. aspect but what okay but what we were able to find out that we did like was i think especially you brought this up and i wrote it down it was an opportunity for us to play, at least for me, but especially I was playing Mercy because I had never played Mercy. It's so low it stress. It was an opportunity, yeah, with less stress than like competitive or with less stress than even general PvP situations yeah. to play a hero with which I was less familiar and less comfortable. Sure. So it's an opportunity, like we said, to learn mechanics for heroes you wouldn't normally play. And those three, like Tor, Mercy, and um, Reinhardt, I feel like those three weren't as played as maybe they should be. Sure, yeah. I feel like that, so it made them a little more accessible for people. Other people play, um, people play Tracer all the time just because fast and, yeah. you know, the comics about her and stuff. So, like, you know, people are, that's like the face of Overwatch, Overwatch I feel. Mm -hmm. Her and Winston. Her and Winston, yeah. Yeah, because they were in, like, the original trailer and there's a lot more, like, backstory about them Absolutely. than else so far. And I've got, you know, dual automatic pistols and I'm fast as shit. I can see where, like, that would be appealing to someone. I hate playing Tracer, but I can see why... That would be appealing. Yeah. Um, so I think that that really made it easier to learn those characters, and, and you know, there's not as you're not ridiculed, you're not telling people aren't telling you to get good when you're when you're learning the character. It's right. a it's a vacuum in which you can learn in and not affect your stats really. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I can see I can see the positive in that. Uh, I feel like I play Reinhardt a little better now. Yeah. Because I understand his role a little better because it's you've very clear defined roles in those four players mm -hmm. it's a classic dungeon setup like you and i talked about mm -hmm. you know and, and you understand what you're supposed to do and maybe you can extrapolate from that into where it would work in pvp right yeah i mean you get a you get a dungeon on rails in a map that you're semi-familiar with and you start to recognize that if you strip away the dungeon and the rails part what you've got is you've got a map that you're learning with characters that have very specific mechanics that work in situations that are oriented, that are, that are similar to the orientation of that PvE environment, so you can adapt it to your PvP setting. You just need to be more mindful of the like flanks, and you need to be a little more mindful of the fact that people are going to have 
less robotic movements than an AI robot. So you kind of yeah. have to deal with that. <laughs> but you do, yeah, you get to learn like the base mechanics and you get to learn their effective ranges and capabilities that way. What? Nothing. Okay. Uh, and I think it was good, so uh, to speak again to the, the ability to play characters with which we were less familiar and things like that, I think that was a great idea for Blizzard then to do a separate type of uh, a separate game mode for that same event that was all heroes. Yeah. So not only would you be able to go in with the four, the core four from the storyline, you could also go in and then just learn whomever in a PvE setting with yeah. that stress removed. I, now that you say that, I should have utilized it and played some more characters. Oh my god, seriously, it was great. The few that I played, I learned like I learned a lot more about how to be Lucio mm -hmm. when I was playing a couple of Lucio matches like that, or a couple just, matches with Lucio. Just don't go fast. That's just not, don't go fast, dude. That's not, that's not what you do? No, I wish. And it sucked, too, because they totally built it so the payload doesn't move with his speed boost like it does in PvP mode. Ugh. So you're like, fuck, you know? You're in there, like, hitting fucking... It's like playing PvP tribes in slow thing. motion. Who wants that? I want to no. go fast. That's, That's right. what tribes is. That's like taking Modern Warfare and pulling jetpacks out. Why? <laughs> what? Why? So I got, yeah, I got an opportunity to do that, and I got to see... I didn't play Sombra, but I got to see more people play Sombra in that to try to learn a lot more of how her like teleport mechanic works and how her hack mechanics, what range they work at most effectively. And that's, I think, where I saw a lot of people try out Orisa. Okay. There's a lot of Orisa play. I, I can't stand this Orisa on Orisa violence. I won't do that. <laughs> You're not into no, it, the yeah. robot. No, robot but I am down with Bastion on Bastion violence. All Bastion. Bastions need to be destroyed. Yes, I completely agree. Yeah. I'm not really a, a Bastion fan. No, me neither. How many times have they changed him? Like, since the game's launched, I think it's been four or five times they've had to revamp him. Asinine. Asinine? It's asinine. <laughs> I can't stand it. it. It's The cheese is too real. Yeah. Bastion should be have a French skin. Oh my god, that would be awesome. Or like a Swiss cheese skin. Yeah. Like, just him full of holes. He's just a fondue pot. <laughs> just a fondue pot. Just a fucking fondue pot with a please, Gatling listen, gun. Please, do you hear this? We are also games... Fairly amount of games. Uh, lately with um, the new Early Access PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. PUBG is what we're referring to it. PUBG. PUBG. Uh, and PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds is in Early Access after having spent a short amount of time in an open beta. It was in closed beta for a while. And then it wasn't in open beta for very long. It should have been in open beta longer, though. Way longer. I think they, they, this big patch, like the 8 gig patch. Yeah fixed a lot of stuff with this game, but I think we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Let's describe the game. Well, that's, yeah, okay. So, PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, much like, uh, much like playing Overwatch, it has a first-person shooter kind of elements to it, but there's also a third-person, the standard, rather, I think, or the more commonly... Like Arma. Used, yeah, yeah, the more commonly used perspective, excuse me, is a third-person perspective, which, and it's cool that you bring up Arma, because uh, Brandon, PlayerUnknown, is the, the like, creative direct director and the developer for PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds because he did the official Arma 3 mod and the H1Z mod, H1Z1 mod that were the Battle Royale yep. versions of the, that yep. game. Those Huge games. in that community, in the modern community. He yeah. did all of those on his own. He yeah. didn't have a team. Right. So now it's cool to see someone who was taking source code and bending it to the type of game that they wanted yeah. to get actually supported financially and have this game launch on Steam. Never before I've heard of someone building something from someone else's framework and being accepted yeah you know people sell um mods for minecraft and things like that but it's not to this commercial scale 
This is on the Steam market. It's a full development game. They're already talking about putting it out on console. Yeah. They're developing that. And it's 30 bucks right now, and it's an early access, and we've got thousands upon thousands of people playing it. It's all over Twitch. It's blowing up on yeah. YouTube. It like This up, is the most played game right now, I think. It absolutely is. It comes up as on Twitch often. It comes up like third, second or third. It's like... It's behind only like Dota 2 or League of Legends or yeah. like any of the other big name e esports. Right now. And it's it's e only behind esports. E and it's it's developing as an esports game. So yeah. there are now, there's now a, a, this charity invitational that's going to come up with NA and EU teams that are all going to be pitted against one another in esports style matchup. That's all for charity. That shit's coming up pretty will soon. The, will the EU still be around when that? Comes? <laughs> yeah, well, that has yet to be seen, I suppose. Like yeah. the number of countries that are backing out. We'll but see. pubs grit. Is this gonna be like pubs it? Pubs it? <laughs> Shit, let's hope. That's what's gonna drive. That's what's gonna drive the, the next exit of a country is that they lost at PUBG so bad. <laughs> like fuck this, we're out. Take table. the euro back. We want our own currency. Table flip. Yeah, it'll be a total table flip. But it's gotten again, so it's gotten that big where it's it's to the point that it's. Um, internationally renowned and the game's been out for like a month and a half or something yeah yeah and already it's just millions of people have flocked to it so fucking hard i wonder so of course we did yeah so of course <laughs> we saw our favorite streamers play it so i said i can do that yeah guess what we can't we can't <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> we can't play that game hashtag top 100 yes that's, uh, We're really good at making it into the top 100. Yeah, every time. And I feel comfortable with that. Yeah, I mean, man, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. So there are 100 people, um, servers. Yeah. So that's why we make it in the top 100. So unless you just don't connect, you're in. <laughs> Which, for some people, it's pretty difficult. Yeah. So I feel, I feel privileged at the fact that I'm allowed to connect to that top 100 list. Yeah, for your $30, you can connect. Yeah, for $30, you can feel like you're in a top 100 list. Yeah, and so it's a hundred people servers, and it's a it's a battle royale. Well, and then they've got that's a that's the single player uh, uh, public matches. Then you can you can uh, you can queue up for yeah the solo public matches. You can queue up for duo matches and squad matches of three or four teams, uh, teams of three or four. And the map is the same, but when you're dropped into like a duos or a um, squads match. You're not, it's not the same thing as being dropped into a solo match. Like, you're not, it's not duos against solo players. Like, those are all separated. So if you're dropping into a solo match, you're dropping in against 99 or so other single players. There's no one on a team yes. like that. And when you, when you're in the duos or squads, they add a cool mechanic. Instead of you just dying once your health is depleted, you actually drop to your knees. You can't fight, but you can crawl and there's a amount of time it takes to bleed out, or if you take additional damage, you'll die. But in that amount of time, your your party can revive you and bring you back up. Yeah. So it brings a cool mechanic there for, for a little extended gameplay. Mm -hmm. And then you can also tell, is this person alone, or are they in a party? Because if, if the rest of their squad's dead, when they, they just insta-die. Yeah, they don't or, drop to the revive point. Or they point. won't drop to the revive point. So that's kind of a cool thing you got to keep an eye out for when you're in duos or squads. Yeah, it's a good. that's actually a good like tactical uh, piece of information to gather if you're in a fight. Yep. If you see somebody drop to a, to a revive point, you're like, okay, somebody else is around. they got buddies. 
yep. somewhere. Exactly. And you gotta be you gotta be mindful of that. But if somebody just drops, you're like, all right, I'm moving on. Yep. Kill them, done. Done deal. I'm yeah. a murderer. I live with this. Though we were often, I think, more on the receiving end of that tactical situation. Yep. Than the, than the giving end of it. Yep, yep. It's uh, I don't know how many how so many people are so good at this when I'm so bad at this. <laughs> like, I don't know what the disconnect is, but it's there and it's real. Yeah. Aiming's hard in that game. It is. It's strange. And it's because unlike Overwatch and unlike the CSGO setup of this hit scan scenario, Battlegrounds has been built entirely with bullet physics. Yes. So there isn't a single gun that auto hits. But there's no drop. Yeah, there's very limited or really strange mechanics to the drops right now. Yeah, so bullet drop is where you'd have to hold over your target above them if they're so far away because the trajectory of a bullet naturally will fall right. as it's going further downrange. So you're hundreds of yards away, right. you need to aim above where you're intending to hit. So point of aim is not necessarily point of impact. Right. But this game kind of doesn't have a whole lot of that right now. No. Even across but, the map. But left to right. So adjusting for windage, like someone's moving, yeah. you, you very much have to be aware of that, even if they're moving very slow or, or, or close to you. Yeah, you still have to get a little lead on them. Like, yeah. I think we were watching videos and stuff where it was like uh, one whole body. Like You'd have to basically count double a person across in order yeah. to hit them, or if they're moving slowly, then you would aim toward the tip of their gun instead of aiming on them in order to hit them if they're moving in said direction. So I'm not really a stickler for realism, but with the leading your target certain optics that they have in the game yeah. are designed directly at to be direct copies of real life optics mm -hmm. in which i'm of which i'm familiar so the four times scope is a trijicon and the markings on the left or right of the reticle are actually the average hold you have for someone at so so many hundreds of yards mm -hmm. So the average man running with a rifle is about eight miles an hour in bursts. Right. So you, knowing that, they move the rectangle from the center crosshair to the left or right. There's a certain amount of space, and then there's a line. That's where you hold if a person's running mm -hmm. in real life. Yeah. So you know. So you, you don't put your crosshair right on them. You move it over to where that line to the left or the right of them is. And that'll hit at so at a certain distance. So that's in real, your, life. In real life. Yeah. It's not not the case in this game. <laughs> How is it different? It's the, those lines mean nothing in this game. <laughs> They're just the hold is arbitrary. Yeah, yeah, it's aesthetic. Well, I mean, it's still on the same, you know, x or y axis, mm -hmm. but it the that space doesn't equate at so many yards the perfect hold. Gotcha. Well, we'll see. I guess over the next, you know, however long of development. It's an early access game. That's true. That's true. I'm not, I'm not trying to be hypercritical. I was just noticing right. that one thing, yeah. a very intentional design element of the optic yeah. that they included in the game. Functionality isn't there. Right. But as an early access game... Something I'm also concerned with, it, like in addition to the potential for them to work on some of these issues, that I'm worried as a, I'm worried as an early access game for the potential for it to suffer from that early access sickness if it becomes a flavor of the month kind of game. Oh yeah, I'm worried like right that right now it's hype. I'm worried that I'll be tired of it before it becomes a full release. Right, as, as we often are with games that come out right now because so many of them come out in early access. That's or, the new standard. Or if it goes into early access purgatory, like Don't Starve Together. Yeah, or it's just like. I mean, it's kind of released, and it's really, it's pretty fleshed out, but it's just, because the early access title is still on there, yep. it just burns out. In, in its, like, 
huge, even in its massive updates and with the like broad build build of that game so far and all the uh, expansions even. I think Don't Start actually just this sometime this year announced its official release. Don't Start Together. Like it and, finally released. And no one cared. And no one gave a fuck because everyone had already played it to death through early access. Yep. Because it was a whole game they just put the stupid words on it. Which sucks. And that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm worried about. I don't want to see, I don't want to see one more fucking game do that. Like, not, not only for the health of the game but for the sanity of the player base, man. Damn it. People want games that come out to be games. They don't want them to be games you're working on that we really hope you like what we're doing and so you'll continue to support. Fuck you. Make a game. Put it out. Yeah. And then charge me 60 bucks. That's fine. I'll and, get it. And if, you, and if you can't take a game of that scope to market, then take the concepts you like in what you're trying to implement in this game and yeah. put it in a smaller game and yeah. put it out to market. And then yeah. take, and take your... your, your spoils from that and invest in yourself and make the bigger game. Yeah, turn it into a snowball effect. Don't just try to blow your whole fucking load at once. Yeah. Right, I hear that. That was a weird mixed metaphor. Yeah, snowball and load. Well, unless, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, unless you think of snowball, like, so that it matches with the load situation, because it's like a sexual... Term. Okay. Oh, I don't... Yeah, don't we're not, we're not going to get into it. You just watch yeah. the movie Clerks. It's in there. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's in there. It's so gross. <laughs> When we're not games. When we're not games. Which is rare. <laughs> it's rare that we're not games? Yeah. That's true. We're pretty music. Yeah. But when we're music, though, because of our involvement in games, I think often we have to go back and find music later that uh, most that other people will have like had accessible to them or will have had access to from an earlier point. Which if only, makes us... If only there was some colloquialism that we could... What Don if you had that. to think, yeah, of a colloquial phrase to describe how we are about other media besides games? You know, I'd probably say that we're late to the party on oh, some stuff. Oh, shit. Late to the party! Lame. That was awesome. It was awesome in how lame it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can revel. We can revel in that. So. What have you been late to the party on? Late to the party. You turned me on to a artist named Grimes. Yes. Um, how would you describe the genre in which Grimes is loosely based in? Because she's all over the spectrum. Yeah. Which I dig. That's one of the things I dig. But what would you, would you call it electronica pop? Pop electronica? Ooh. Electronic pop? If I had to take a, like a traditional stance on genre terms put your fucking rolls on me yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, if I, yeah if i had to if i had to assign it um a name like a genre specific name i would probably do a mash a mashup of the terms like electronica pop or i would yeah. do like a little uh, i totally like, led you on that techno pop you did yeah but but it's not it's not inaccurate like, okay i mean that's that's, a, that's an appropriate lead because that's kind of where my brain is and sh and she so claire claire boucher um, who is the... Didn't know that. Who, who is, yeah, that's her birth name or whatever. Her, like, IRL full name. government. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look her up by name. CIA, we know you're listening. <laughs> Hopefully others are. She has been, she's described it apparently as, uh, um, as like ADD music. Like she says that when she tries to write her music, she's so all over the map. Like, the reason her music plays out that way is because she's even self-professed as saying, like, I have such a broad swath of, of interests and influences that when I write music, she claims that you know, she just kind of writes 
what she feels in the moment or what she's interested in the moment, and that's why you'll hear like quick cuts in her music between sure. styles, or you'll hear uh, seemingly disparate instruments come together in her music that you wouldn't normally hear together and things like that, which I think works for her, and that's why she's able to do this genre blending mashup style music, and people kind of are digging it. I'm way into it. Um, I'm not one for pop. Yeah. Like saccharine sweet bubblegum pop. That's not like my thing. Right. But the way in which she did pop appealed to me mm -hmm. because it was in smaller batches, smaller little segments of it. It was digestible for me. I wasn't just overwhelmed. And the parts of the electronica that I hear were my favorite bits of electronica. It wasn't the droning or the repetitive nature of it. So it was actually meaningful when she had a cool sounding synth that didn't just go for five minutes before changing the pattern. You mentioned earlier, um, who was the blues artist that you brought up earlier? John Lee Hooker. John Lee Hooker. You said that one of the things that he, he discussed was the importance of hitting people with like that kind of intricate or that kind of like uh, uh, stylistic, like, uh, what's like a good word for that? Guitar lick. Yeah, he, a, a guitar lick. He would hit you with a guitar lick intermittently so that you weren't like overexposed and thus yeah. it, it didn't lose its luster. Exactly. And I think that that's a great way that you're kind of describing how you feel about the ele elements of pop and synth that would come into Grimes' music because you were saying it would come in little spurts that you could appreciate and digest and it wouldn't be Absolutely. annoying. It was still meaningful. Right. It wasn't just, you know, I've been conditioned to listen to 10 minutes of this very sparsely changing yeah you know i i'm not into the droning house music or techno or i'm just like i appreciate some of the instrumentation and they got some cool sounds sometimes right. but the cool sounds wear off after that's the only thing going on for like 10 minutes mm -hmm. like i don't do drugs so i'm not just like losing <laughs> myself in this in this bass yeah you know so for me, this is like all the fun bits of that electronic style music that I don't normally get. Right. But it's in a more traditional song structure. If you can say she does more traditional, it's just that it's it's structured. It's not just a sparse droning. Yeah, you, I think you're, I think you nailed it with the fact that right, she's got a she's got a message she's trying to get across in the song, mm -hmm. and she's not going to take forever to get there. Exactly. Because she's trying to she's trying to make you appreciate what she's doing with the elements that she's inviting all together into this situation. Exactly. And it's, and it's not all just about the instrumentation. That's what I tend to focus on. Yeah. But she has an amazing voice. Oh, my God, she does. Range is amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> and she, I don't feel like she takes herself too seriously. Right. So she can be kind of cutesy with some stuff and then have a, a serious vocal part, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm super into it. You guys should definitely check out Grimes. Yeah. What was the name of the most recent album? Uh, Art Angels. Art Angels. Yes, that's that's the one I identified most with. It's her most recent release that I know of. Yeah. Um, definitely scope it out. And in the digital sphere, something that I came across recently, thanks to you, that I ended up being late, super late to the party. You were late to the party years. on this? Years. I was hella late to the party myself, to be honest with you. On Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah, what super we're late. Talk about right this podcast. Yeah. Which it's got a real okay. I'll give it this man. Like it's got a real fucking cool vibe. Like, yeah. The fact that there's that. Somebody wanted to take that kind of like War of the World style like radio broadcast yeah. that's got a suspenseful, freaky element to it is a is a unique and fun idea. So Welcome to Night Vale is a fictional town in the desert, and the setting is a local radio show. Yeah. It's a local talk radio show that, that gives you um, current events in the town and goings on like that. It's almost like a newsletter for the town mm -hmm. 
Um, every episode. Like AM broadcast, AM radio broadcast. Exactly. Every episode is the same guy in the studio talking about whatever may be happening, um, and they have several segments that are reoccurring. I think our favorite of which is the weather. Totally. Which isn't actually the weather. It's a user submitted song or a listener submitted song that changes every week. Right. Um, Which I think is cool to introduce with, and now the weather, yep. because you've got that kind of like instantaneous and ever-changing concept of something like your your local weather, and to do, to use that to introduce that segment, and to have also an opportunity to bring in outside artists and and, and give them exposure and give them credence, yeah, like on that in that space, that's cool. I mean, there's just no two ways about that. Yeah. That's fucking cool. I'm super into the podcast, um, except I don't listen to it. <laughs> how, how the fuck do you accomplish that so I've listened to like 18 episodes and I've thoroughly enjoyed my all my time in Night Vale mm -hmm. but I just don't find myself listening to it you're not like following the story exactly we're like we're over 100 episodes in yeah it's immense right um, and they're doing like tours they do yeah, live I've, shows I've seen them live you have it's a great experience how do they do that live how do they so do it's, it's just a man standing in front of a microphone and then they have the people, you'll, you'll hear multiple voices on the podcast, and they come up and do their part and walk away. Holy shit, how weird. But it's cool. Is it? It's really cool. They do it well. And the artist that does all the <clears throat> music for the actual show that's playing in the background, his name is Disparition. And he makes some amazing instrumentals for it. The music's great in the, in the podcast while they're talking. And he did all of the music that you hear and recognize from these hundreds of episode, hundred episodes of, of Welcome to Night Vale. He's doing it live while they're talking and, and saying their parts. Oh, that's pretty tight. Yeah, so it's really cool. He's an electronic musician, yeah. and he's got a couple of stringed instruments and a couple of computers going, and yeah. it's really cool. So how I really like that. How do they do the weather live? They've got bands that they tour with. They do. They do a yeah. touring act. Yeah. Shit, that's so smart. Yeah, I saw them in a orchestra hall next to. Um, the High. Yeah. I saw him in that orchestra hall next to the High Art Museum mm -hmm. in Atlanta last year. It was really cool. Nice. I think they're coming here soon. Yeah. Again. We're probably going to go see it when they come. Yeah? Yeah. Sometime this summer, in the next couple of months, I believe. Very soon. Yeah. Um, in Atlanta. So that's the setting. Yeah. I really dig the vibe, but brands hook issues. <laughs> As I usually do. Yeah, yeah. That, that's going to be a reoccurring theme for you people is brand hook issues. Yes. Brand hook issues is a thing. Um, it's real. The salt is real. He, I really just, the, the style was enough for me. And, and the, it's a very sci-fi, dark style. Everything is ominous and looming. And, and I'm cool with that. I'm cool with them setting that vibe and just leaving it. Mm -hmm. So they could, they, just because they exist with all that weird all the time. So they don't have to resolve it because that's the life they live. Mm -hmm. Every day, that shit's just going on, and it's normal for them. And so, you might to, be changing my perspective as you're talking about it. To be honest, so to, I, had, I hadn't considered it. Like so that. to exist in that, I don't need to comment yeah. on this uh, dog park that we cannot look at, we cannot enter, and we cannot talk about. It's freaky. All right, yeah. So I don't need to comment on that because that's just a fact of life in Nightvale. Yeah. So that's why I just enjoy the the vibe from that, and I feel like the writer is very talented maybe not with like the way they write like not necessarily like the 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 story composition but they're so verbose and they the they just use beautiful language 
the whole time. And I'm just like in, in, enrobed in this tapestry that they weave of just with the word choice. Mm -hmm. And I just love that so much. They're so intentional with every word they use. Mm -hmm. And so that's the positive that I take from it. Please, please, I just hijacked that, but I'm just <laughs> excited about talking about it. So let me be a detractor. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bring the shit down. Let me be a contrarian about it. You know, I mean, in all honesty, though, a lot of that makes sense because the issues that I had taken with it were from a more like linear narrative perspective. Having studied like English and having you know spent a lot of time just reading through books, when I when you put me in a situation where I'm hearing a, a like a, a kind of narrative composition, when I'm hearing something spelled out like that. I just, by default, expect there to be narrative structure, narrative composition, which leads to a denouement. I expect there to be a fucking ending. And I listened to, I mean, I'm not sure, of course, because I didn't listen to all the hundred and some odd episodes that exist or whatever, but in my, I think I listened to 15 or, or 18 of them also. So we're experienced about the same in the Night Vale universe. Yeah, and, and over the course of it, I, I just kept expecting to hear, like, the next episode, I would expect to hear more on what I had heard in the prior episode, and no. But you're right. The reoccurring have, characters, like like Old Woman Josie. Yeah. Or the angels. And the dragon. The dragon. Yeah. 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 They're reoccurring characters, but they're not. But if you listen to your local AM broadcast from a small desert town, there's not going to be an end. Right. They're just going to talk about what's happening, and that's it. And that's how I hadn't considered it because I wasn't thinking about it until we kind of brought it up just now. In the they moment. are true to thing. the format. Yeah. No, so it fall. I mean, so I'm just a dick, is what's happening. <laughs> I'm just being an asshole about it because I'm looking at it like, where's the where's the resolution? Where's the development? I need a I need a plot hook. But that's not even how they're running the show. Like it's not about any of that. So I think. Do you think you could enjoy it now? Yeah, I think if I gave it a second listen now with that with that mindset, and if I if I stripped my expectations like I so infrequently fucking do from anything ever, <laughs> if I just went into this with with my expectations stripped, I think I might actually give it a better uh, give it a longer and more serious listen because I would I would not be looking for connections between these episodes. I would just take each one as its own self-contained experience. Episodic, yeah. And, yeah. Oh my <laughs> god, right? It wouldn't be serial. It would just be episodic. Who the fuck knew? Um, and, and I think that's my problem, is I looked at it as a, as a series. And I, as a I cohesive... There, yeah, I expected there to be a cohesion between the whole breadth and depth of their exposition, mm -hmm. and there isn't. It's just, it's just well-crafted verse, and some good music mixed in, and beyond that, you're just welcomed into some world. I'm so into, like, the Lovecraftian, dystopian vibe, man. Yeah. Like, that just speaks to me. You know, any I I love that that otherworldly ominence feeling. You know, mm -hmm. that's what I'm into that, and it just makes me feel small. I think that that's kind of what I like. I think that's what kept me listening to it because I also was enjoying. I was enjoying the universe they had crafted and mm -hmm. the style of the universe because it did feel particularly kind of dystopian and particularly like uh, low fantasy, low fantasy yes. style, that kind of shit. It felt like that. But again, because I kept com making comparisons to that stuff, I was looking for a hook. I was looking for a yep. way to see it as that constructed narrative universe. Instead of seeing it as its own self-existing, moment-by-moment universe that has an ongoing story that you don't get all of because it's not always on the air. Yeah. I hadn't even, you know, I hadn't thought about that until we're fucking sitting here talking about it. Because I had made my notes, and now here we are digesting the notes, and I'm realizing my notes are asshole notes. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I think I need to go give it a second listen, to be honest. Listen, I'm just saying that given the chance, I would definitely patronize 
Big Rico's Tacos. Yeah, I would totally go to Big Rico's Tacos. Just that alone, I think, is enough for me to be like, there's something there. Yeah, there's tacos. Some, there's something there. I just need to hear more about these tacos. Yeah. Tell me more about your tacos. Yeah, and, and fuck Desert Bluffs. <laughs> oh, my God. And Steve Carlsberg. Oh, my God. So, welcome to Night Vale. We appreciate your fantastic podcast, and we appreciate everything that you're doing in your world creation. And thank you so much for bringing that to the locales around the country, because that in and of itself is also a feat. To be able to yes. take that kind of platform and move it to a live uh, format, it, it, that's, that's ridiculous. Listen, to be able to pull that off. I was in a concert hall, an orchestra concert hall. Yeah. And there was not an empty seat. That's fine. It was sold out? Sold out. It was like 25 bucks a seat. Damn. Yeah. That's also cheap. Like... I mean, maybe not for that kind of show, because it's yeah. pretty stripped down, I guess. It's pretty stripped down. Yeah. Great musical act. They they had two or three musical acts, aside from Disparition, and they all played three or four songs. Nice. So you almost got a full concert's yeah, worth. Yeah, you got like a show out of it. And then they, they had a full, like a cohesive, sync one-off yeah. story that they told in that one, because it was, it was in the universe, but it wasn't in the storyline or anything. Right. So... It had the hook like you were looking for right. in that one-off. Um, it was a great show, absolutely great show. And I just remembered in, in, while you were talking, they came out with a book, and I believe it's stories based in the universe. So it will have uh, that literary completion yeah. that you that may completely invest you in the universe. That might be worth a look at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think Brooke has it. I'll see. Brooke is my significant other podcast. Yes. God bless her. <laughs> God bless her. True. Um, She's an angel. But uh, I'll see if she has it, and I'll loan it to you if she does. Cool. Yeah, I would really appreciate that. I would certainly give it a read. It would be fun. I think we're wrapped up for episode one. Yeah, so this is the first one. It may be the only one. <laughs> the first of possibly many. Yeah, so the... it's like, it may be like the Sex Pistols albums. You know, we, we got it perfect the first time, so why do it again? Right. This is it, everyone. Yeah. This is in a vacuum. Just never mind. Perfection in a vacuum. Just never mind the bollocks. <laughs> We've been the Bearded Lazy. You've been the listener.